Let's read together Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. In this first half of Ruth chapter 3, we see Naomi coming up with a plan which will bring Boaz and Ruth together in marriage. Ruth chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our kinsman? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself and put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be, when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled, and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a near kinsman. Well, let's consider a few background notes first of all, which will help us understand this plan of Naomi's. Under the Old Testament law, if a man died with no children, then the closest near relative who was eligible was to marry the widow and raise up an heir for the man who had died. This close relative was known as the kinsman redeemer. Another responsibility of the kinsman redeemer was to buy back or redeem any property that belonged to extended family members that were impoverished or poor. In the story of Ruth, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. The property of Naomi was in jeopardy. That was the property that they had left when they went to Moab. So the property of Elimelech here is in jeopardy. Boaz had a responsibility to redeem this property and keep it in the family. Furthermore, there was no heir in the family. Naomi and Ruth were both widows, and Naomi was past childbearing age. But maybe Boaz could marry Ruth. This was the basis of Naomi's plan. Ruth had been gleaning for several weeks now in the field of Boaz, and it seemed to Naomi that there was an attraction taking place between Ruth and Boaz. Well, this was wonderful as far as Naomi was concerned. And so Naomi comes up with a plan to get Ruth and Boaz together where a proposal for marriage could be made. Naomi saw this as the perfect solution to their problems. As kinsman redeemer, Boaz would redeem the property and marry Ruth to raise up an heir in the family as well as take care of Ruth. That's what Naomi means there in verse 1 when she talks about security. Shall I not seek security or rest for you, that it may be well with you? In other words, marriage. Well, the plan calls for Ruth to make herself as attractive as possible. Note verse 3, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best garment. And then Ruth was to go down to the threshing floor at night and present herself to Boaz. Now, at first, this seems like a plan for seduction, doesn't it? 
But not so when we understand the cultural background. A little romantic, maybe, but not wrong. The reason Boaz was sleeping at the threshing floor was to guard the grain until it was all threshed and winnowed. They would actually camp out at the threshing floor so that no one would steal the grain. And because it was harvest time, it was a happy time. The men would use this occasion for feasting and having a good time together, something like a Western roundup. Well, Naomi viewed this as a great time for Ruth to let Boaz know that she was willing to be his wife if he was willing to marry her and perform his duties as kinsman redeemer. Now, the reason that Ruth uncovered the feet of Boaz was probably to wake him up and cause him to look down at his feet where she was lying. Notice that she was lying at his feet. She did not cuddle up by his side underneath his blanket or anything like that. And notice verse 14, so she lay at his feet until morning. So don't get any wrong ideas here of what's going on. Another reason that Ruth uncovered the feet of Boaz was to give him an opportunity of saying yes in reference to taking on his responsibilities as kinsman redeemer. If he said yes, he would take the corner of the cover that Ruth had lifted and place it over Ruth. This was the cultural way of saying, yes, I am willing to fulfill my duties as kinsman redeemer and marry you. Notice what Ruth says there in verse 9. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a near kinsman, or spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Well, so much for our background. Let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching point from this first section of Ruth chapter 3. Generation gaps are not biblical. Generation gaps are not biblical. Now, what do we mean by generation gaps anyway? We mean when the older generation does not communicate or get along with the younger generation and vice versa because of lifestyle, because of appearance, because of values, because of different tastes in music and clothes and many other things. Well, generation gaps are not biblical. Now, where do we see that taught in the book of Ruth? In Ruth, we have an outstanding biblical example of the older generation, represented in Naomi, getting along with the younger generation, represented by Ruth. There is interdependence and respect. There is understanding. There is no generation gap. And God puts his stamp of approval on this relationship. In chapter 1, we saw Ruth, the younger generation, primarily dependent on Naomi, the older generation. Naomi led Ruth to the land of Israel and to the God of Israel. In chapter 2, we saw Naomi, the older generation, primarily dependent on Ruth, the younger generation. Ruth went out and did the hard work of gleaning to support herself and Naomi. Now here in chapter 3, it goes back the other way again. We see Ruth, the younger generation, primarily dependent on Naomi, the older generation, to work out a plan for her possible marriage to Boaz. Notice how Naomi, here in chapter 3, tells Ruth exactly what to do, and notice what Ruth's response is in verse 5. All that you say to me, I will do. Notice the 
mutual trust here between Naomi and Ruth. Ruth trusts Naomi not to put her in a delicate situation. Naomi trusts that Ruth will not act indiscreetly. There is no generation gap. Ruth and Naomi are mutually dependent on one another. In chapter 4, we will once again see Naomi, the older generation, primarily dependent on Ruth, the younger generation, as Ruth and Boaz care for and support Naomi in her old age. It's a wonderful demonstration of the way things can be when there are no generation gaps. Generation gaps are not biblical, then or now. God has designed life so that there will always be the older generation and the younger generation. He did not design generation gaps. Generation gaps are man-made. God expects the younger generation to respect and honor the older generation. God expects the younger generation to listen to and learn from the older generation. Remember, young people here today, the older generation has a lot more experience and wisdom and maturity. Take the matter of marriage, for example. The younger generation would do well to listen more to the counsel and advice of the older generation on who would make the best husband or wife in a given situation. You know, last week, Mrs. Meisner and I were discussing the pros and cons of the possible marriage of a couple that we both know. Now, I think we could give this couple some good insight about each other and whether the marriage would work out or not. The question is, will they listen? After all, we're the older generation. You know, as you know, uh, Margie and I just returned from three weeks in the Far East. And it was very interesting to us, and of course we knew this, but we saw it again emphasized there, that the American culture is very unique in this idea of calling the shots on who to marry. You take most foreign cultures, certainly there in the Far East, whether it was Japan, Korea, China, the older generation has much more input into who should marry who in the younger generation. That's one reason why there's less divorce in those uh, cultures than there is here in America. So the younger generation does need to respect and honor and listen to and learn from the older generation. On the other hand, the older generation needs to understand and be willing to listen to the younger generation. The older generation needs to be able to flex a little bit for the younger generation. Many times the younger generation has some good ideas for change that the older generation needs to hear. Many times, for example, the older generation does not distinguish between tradition and truth. Tradition is good and should not be changed if it's biblical. But many times, tradition, which is not biblical, that can be stifling and actually hinder the work of the Lord. Well, we all need to work at this, this matter of eliminating generation gaps. God has not only designed life so that there will always be an older generation and a younger generation, but he accomplishes his purposes through the mutual dependence of both generations. We see that written all over the book of Ruth. When there are generation gaps, we distort and destroy life as God intended it to be, and we hinder his work as well. 
Generation gaps are not biblical. Now, what about practical application from this first half of Ruth chapter 3? Have you found rest at the feet of Jesus? Have you found rest at the feet of Jesus? Let's not forget the spiritual picture that emerges from the relationship between Ruth and Boaz. You know, it's possible to become so interested here in chapter 3 in Naomi's plan that we forget about the spiritual picture that God has given us here. Remember, Boaz, as the kinsman redeemer, is a wonderful and beautiful picture of Christ, our kinsman redeemer. And Ruth, the Gentile bride, is a picture of us, the church. Now notice the picture here. Ruth is at the feet of Boaz. That should be our place as Christians, resting at the feet of Christ. Have you found rest at the feet of Christ? And notice that Boaz is there making sure that the grain is threshed and winnowed and guarded. Now, you remember before we pointed out that the grain from the field of Boaz could represent the word of God, the food for our souls. I don't think we are over-spiritualizing to see here a picture of the believer sitting at the feet of our Lord who guards his word and gives us his pure word without any chaff. Notice in verse 15 how Boaz gave Ruth six measures of pure grain. We're reminded of Mary of Bethany in Luke chapter 10, who sat at the feet of the Lord and heard his word. Have you found rest at the feet of Jesus?